0: Welcome to The Spirit Explodes with Roger Kirby. This is study 14 in the Acts of the Apostles. Looking at Acts chapter 15 verses 1 to 35. And the title is, Who are the people of God? That was and is indeed the question. About four weeks ago we heard about the problems that arose over the question of what the people of God could eat. As a result of a vision, Peter understood that there were no foods that the people of God could not eat. That was the second of the three requirements, circumcision, food laws, and Sabbath keeping, that had come to dominate the concerns of the serious Jews who thought of themselves as the only true people of God. Now we come to the first of these, and the most important, circumcision. This was a very critical question. Reluctance to be circumcised as adults would affect the willingness of non-Jewish men to become full converts and follow Jesus completely. It affected the role of women, who, not being subject to circumcision, would forever be second-class citizens in a kingdom for which that was the badge of entrance. Since not being circumcised would mean that the followers of Jesus would no longer belong to Judaism, they would not enjoy the freedom from harassment and persecution, because they did not worship the Roman gods, that the Jews had enjoyed since the days of Julius Caesar. Much was at stake, as some former Pharisees now seeking to follow Jesus, correctly realized. They wanted Jesus' followers to constitute a subgroup of Judaism. We start by reading verses 1 to 11 of chapter 15.
1: Some men came down from Judea to Antioch and were teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. This brought Paul and Barnabas into sharp dispute and debate with them. So Paul and Barnabas were appointed, along with some other believers, to go up to Jerusalem to see the Apostles and Elders about this question. The church sent them on their way, and as they travelled through Phoenicia and Samaria, they told how the Gentiles had been converted. The news made all the brothers very glad. When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and elders, to whom they reported everything God had done through them. Then some of the believers, who belonged to the party of the Pharisees, stood up and said, "'The Gentiles must be circumcised and required to obey the law of Moses.' the apostles and elders met to consider this question. After much discussion, Peter got up and addressed them. Brothers, you know that some time ago God made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe. God, who knows the heart, showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them, just as he did to us. He made no distinction between us and them, for he purified their hearts by faith. Now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of the disciples a yoke that neither we nor our fathers have been able to bear? No, we believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved, just as they are.
0: There was, therefore, a profound theological disagreement between the Pharisaic believers and what was happening far away from Jerusalem. The fundamental underlying question was, how do we know who are the people of God in this new situation? Or, what are the marks of a Christian? Before we go any further, you need to think very carefully what the answer to the following question is in your place and culture. We have already come across this question and its biblical answer. But what is the practical identifier where you are? Question 1. What are the marks of a Christian? Your answer, very obviously. I hope you're able to give the same answer as Peter gave when he said, God who knows the heart showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them, just as he did to us. Possession of the Holy Spirit is the true mark of the Christian. Next we are going to read the speech of James. This is the point when James, the brother of Jesus, appears as the leading person, in the central church of Jerusalem. Presumably Peter was, from this point on, off on his travels, of which we know nothing in comparison to the fairly full knowledge we have of Paul's journeyings. Notice too that the discussion was going to take place in front of the whole assembly and later with the whole church. This fundamentally important decision is taken by all the believers, not by some small selected group with authority over everyone else. The speech of James follows very closely the approved rhetorical pattern that we used two studies ago. We read then verses 12 to 21.
1: The whole assembly became silent as they listened to Barnabas and Paul telling them about the miraculous signs and wonders God had done among the Gentiles through them. When they finished, James spoke up. Brothers, listen to me. Simon has described to us how God at first showed his concern by taking from the Gentiles a people for himself. The words of the prophets are in agreement with this, as it is written, After this, I will return and rebuild David's fallen tent, its ruins I will rebuild, and I will restore it, that the remnant of men may seek the Lord and all the Gentiles who bear my name, says the Lord, who does these things, that have been known for ages. It is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Instead, we should write to them, telling them to abstain from food polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from the meat of strangled animals, and from blood. For Moses has been preached in every city from the earliest times, and is read in the synagogues on every Sabbath.
0: First there is James' introduction. He says, brothers, listen to me. And then there's the narration. Simon has described to us how God at first showed his concern by taking from the Gentiles a people for himself. And then he quotes the words of the prophet Amos, chapter 9, verses 11 and 12, using the Greek Septuagint version. Question two. Why did James quote from Scripture. The written Word of God stands beyond dispute. The opinions of men and women, even when they claim the guidance of the Holy Spirit, never stand beyond dispute. Interestingly, James quoted from the Greek translation of the original Hebrew, because that version fitted what he wanted to say better. Today, no single version in English or any other language, stands beyond correction as the only valuable translation. And then we come, the proposition to be argued. James says it is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles. We should write to them, telling them what to do. Moses has been preached in every city from the earliest times, and so on. But there is no final exhortation, since this is a communal decision. Much the most interesting part of this is the proposition in verse 20, which reads, We should write to them, telling them to abstain from food polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from the meat of strangled animals, and from blood. There are two possible ways of understanding this. The first comes from the fact that it follows quite closely what was required of any Israelite or foreigner living in Israel according to chapter 17 of Leviticus. Thus, the Gentile converts far away from Jerusalem were being required to live in the way considered appropriate amongst Gentiles living in the land of Israel. Question 3. How would this relate to what Paul says in Romans 15, where he says, We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak, and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbor for their good, to build them up. How does it relate to us? In this context, the strong are the ex-pagans, and the weak are the Jewish believers, as is clear from the preceding chapter. Paul was saying that it was important that the Jewish converts should not turn away from following Jesus, because they found the eating habits of the ex-pagans unacceptable. There are some lands where eating pork from pigs is unacceptable. We should not needlessly offend people who have been brought up to think that. In all societies, we cannot be too careful in our business dealings. For instance, those who are not Christians are often only too happy to remember when they thought a Christian did not show maximum honesty in a transaction. The second possibility is that it comprises a requirement that they should have nothing to do with the activities common in a pagan temple eating meat sacrificed to idols, and not prepared in the way Jews did, and indulging in the general promiscuity often indulged in in temples. In all probability we should read this not as an either-or, but as a both-and. Obeying this would prevent there being two different standards of behavior for converts from the Jewish faith and converts from the pagan world, and ensure that the ex-pagans did not slide back into the appalling behaviour common in the cities of those days. That it was important, there can be no doubt, since Luke uses his usual device of telling us three times, here, again later in this chapter, and in chapter 21, of what happened. If we take it that whatever is given primary value in place of God, is an idol, we have question four. What idol do we have the most difficulty in avoiding? Another one for you to think about and answer yourself. Don't forget that shopping malls and shopping centers look remarkably like temples. We now read chapter 15 verses 22 to 35.
1: Then the apostles and elders with the whole church decided to choose some of their own men and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. They chose Judas, called Barsabbas, and Silas, two men who were leaders among the brothers. With them they sent the following letter. The apostles and elders, your brothers, to the Gentile believers in Antioch, Syria, and Silesia. Greetings. We have heard that some went out from us without our authorization and disturbed you, troubling your minds by what they said. So we all agreed to choose some men and send them to you with our dear friends Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore we are sending Judas and Silas to confirm by word of mouth what we are writing. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to burden you with anything beyond the following requirements. You are to abstain from food sacrificed to idols, from blood, from the meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. You will do well to avoid these things farewell. The men were sent off and went down to Antioch where they gathered the church together and delivered the letter. The people read it and were glad for its encouraging message. Judas and Silas, who themselves were prophets, said much to encourage and strengthen the brothers. After spending some time there, they were sent off by the brothers with the blessing of peace to return to those who had sent them. But Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch, where they and many others taught and preached the word of the Lord.
0: Question 5. The letter said, It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. How did they know the mind of the Spirit? How do we know the leading of the same Spirit, when we are so liable to add in our own desires to what we think he wants. I think in those early days of the church they had a sharper and more accurate understanding of what the Spirit was saying. We cannot expect to be so secure in our understanding. We must rely even more heavily on the statements of Scripture to guide us. When we need guidance as private individuals, we must rely too on the spirit-filled wisdom of our friends. We are all weak creatures, too prone to wanting our own way. Those who are most sure of what the Spirit is saying to them are very often the most dangerous. And so the future of the infant church was assured. It had been a critical moment. Was the church to be a subset of Judaism, or was it to be what it had always been intended to be, the vehicle by which the blessings promised to Abraham would come to all peoples on earth. To our great delight, they got it right under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And here we are, where we were always meant to be. Thanks for listening. Come back to Partakers www partakers.co.uk where every day there is something added to help you in your life as a Christian disciple. Thank you.